0: This time on episode four hundred and sixty two of Legends of SHIELD. We talk the nineteen ninety two series X Men the Animated Series, Episodes nine and ten, Descent and Graduation Day, as presented on Disney Plus. We talk weekly Marvel news, including the Marvels bumps its release date back to late 2023. Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three has a new trailer. Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur releases its first episode online for free. And how Kang became Marvel's next supervillain and why Phase 4 sets it all up.
1: I'm SP from the GuineaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is part of the GuineaGeek.com network. Just like the show you're checking out now, shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other amazing geek shows at getageeknetwork.com.
2: You have been granted clearance by Director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director.
0: And now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Lauren.
3: I'm Agent Michelle. I'm Agent Chris.
0: And I'm producer of the show, Director S.D.
1: Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book universes as told on screen by marvel studios the show is recorded on saturday february 25th 2023 live from the legends of shield studios and broadcast we're not sure where why come and join our live chat as we record and if you didn't already catch on to it we like talking about the morals
0: because of epic facial hair if you'd like to talk to us about epic facial hair you can find us at our website legendsofshield.com. If you want to taunt
2: us about how you have epic facial hair and we don't, you can leave us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871.
3: You can talk to us about your favorite beard styles on Twitter at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D.
0: You can see Director SP and Agent Chris's epic facial hair on YouTube at youtube.com slash If you want
2: a warning about when SP's epic facial hair is going to run away for the season, you can join up our Discord server at GunnaGeek.com slash Discord.
3: And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GunnaGeek.com network, which has plenty, plenty of beards.
1: And first of all, we need to welcome back to the show Lauren, or as we've now known to call her, Agent Fumbles. It was always Fumbles. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. I am glad to be back. Well, we're glad to have you. And we know that things have been afoot in where you are at in the, on the foot of the Rockies.
0: Yeah. So we had like a 50 degree temperature drop a couple of days ago. And I actually ended up with like a slight sinus infection because of it. But as you can hear, I am sounding better and feeling better.
1: Didn't parts of Colorado get like two or three feet of snow dumped at them?
0: Yeah, luckily we were not one of them. We actually only got a little bit of snow this time, which Mm. is good because cleaning up the driveway and sidewalks is a pain I am discovering.
1: Welcome to
0: our world in the north. (laughs) Yeah, this is remember, I'm from Texas. I was born in South Texas. All of this is very weird to me, but not necessarily bad weird the one thing that i remember moving from
1: minnesota to colorado is in minnesota you had to do the same thing you had to blow the driveway you had to clean off sweep off the sidewalks put salt down whatever try to stay safe because you did not want the ice down there in colorado kind of the same thing although it tends to all melt off in a day
0: yeah which is pretty cool except that we ended up anyway i'll talk about it later but we still have a lot of snow in our yard that has not melted off yet turns out that our house doesn't get a, a lot of sun well i do know it being in
1: colorado anywhere along the i-25 corridor you have the mountains there and in the winter it gets dark around 3 p.m or at least the yeah. sun goes down about 3 p.m
0: yeah it was so weird it would be like 4 30 and i'm like i want to go to bed <laughs>
1: Exactly. And as alluded, unfortunately, SP's beard only has, I don't know, about a month left. April 1st is about the time that it comes off. Although this year might be earlier because pollen is incredibly high right now. And it's really messing with my sinuses as well. Well, We've been leading up to this, I want to say, for like a year. I didn't go back and check and see when our first episode was on X-Men the Animated Series, but we've been watching this whole thing for quite some time now, and we finally reached the end. You guys ready to talk about the finale of X-Men the Animated Series from
2: 1992
0: through
3: 1997?
2: Very. Mm-hmm. Do, 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 do. Previously on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D.
3: Because of wearing bright colors for covert mission. You only got one more left, and that is punching Nazis. Oh, I
2: can get used to this. They try to do too much. But it looked like a frickin', I don't know, Goomba. I don't know if I'm ready for that.
3: What? I know you don't go into people's minds and everything, but...
2: I
1: reckon I could do better.
3: What? The F.
1: Not
2: now. No, nope, I'm out. I can't do this. It's kind of a no-brainer. You have to do it. Oh, yeah.
3: I don't think you have to give up anything, because I don't know what happens in the last two episodes. Secret government thing, a shadow government, and then there was a shadow government within a shadow government, and then a shadow government within a shadow government government, within the shadow government.
2: No, they don't even bother to be in the shadows now. Are you going to get Chris voicing Captain America in the future? I don't know. I have no reason to think that they would come in and instantly
3: connect to that. Well, All I know is you can't go wrong with Tara Strong.
1: And that previously on was brought to you by Agent Chris. It has been a fantastic five seasons with your
2: previously on. This one was so hard to put together <laughs> because I knew that this was it.
3: Yeah, such a interesting way to make it look like we had a conversation that we kind of sort of had and sp i went back and looked and our first episode about x-men 92 was january 27 2022 started with episode 410
1: oh so it's about 13 months a year and one month yeah okay Well, it's been a fantastic year, and we haven't been covering it consistently. We've been going in and out with all the other Disney series and movies and that sort of stuff, which are going to get farther and farther, disparate and fewer and farther between. So we'll talk about that later. But thank you very much, Chris, for the previously on. That was entertaining. You definitely had a lot of enthusiasm for it. I still think my favorite one is the Time Loops one.
0: Time Loops is a good one, though. The time loops one is epic. Yeah. All right. So
1: let's get into the actual episodes. We're talking about the penultimate and finale episodes of X-Men, the animated series. This is season five, episodes nine and ten, as shown on Disney Plus right now. They first premiered on Fox Kids Descent, which is now season five, episode nine on Saturday, September 6th, 1997. And the finale Season 5, Episode 10, Graduation Day, was premiered on Fox Kids on Saturday, September 20th, 1997. And if I was a kid running into the fall and just starting school and everything and knowing this was the last one, I'd be very sad having watched it the past five years. So Michelle, what happened in these two episodes?
3: Descent. The origin of Mr. Sinister is revealed as Dr. Xavier attempts to stop. Essex before he goes too far. Graduation day. On the verge of Magneto's final stand against humans, the X-Men request him to save a dying Professor X. What choice will he make?
1: All right. Thank you very much, Michelle. Chris, what are your first thoughts?
2: I forgot that we weren't recording last week, and I watched these so I could be recording last week, and I refuse to watch them
3: again.
0: I may have cried during the finale.
3: <laughs> Where did these stories come
0: from? Yay, we made it to
1: the end. Woohoo! All right, that's what I was thinking when we went there. Okay, I think we really need to start with what Michelle said, like the stories. Where did they come from? Because I think the whole of season five, having now watched it, I definitely understand everybody's frustration with it. But these two, last two, it was like, what? I almost can understand the last one because they were just trying to say goodbye sort of thing, but dissent what?
0: Okay. I feel like I would have liked dissent a lot more if it had been like a two or three parter with an actual budget and at a completely different point in the show. Can I get the anachronisms out of the way real quick? Go for it. Okay. So first of all, That picture, that famous picture of Charles Darwin that they based the appearance of Charles Darwin on here. He did not look like that in the 1850s. He grew the beard in 1862. He actually looked a lot more like Ancestor Xavier during this time period. Also, there's a part where they're walking in a museum and there's a T-Rex skeleton. And first of all, it was more of the t-rex skeleton that we know as opposed to when they tried to like break the bones to make it stand upright but also t-rexes weren't discovered until 1902 i actually just read a really 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 good book about it guinea pig as a shorthand for experiments was not popularized until 1922 well until the 1920s the statue of liberty had just been unveiled it was unveiled in 1886 and did not turn green until like 1906 and when xavier is like oh my god these conditions are so terrible asylums were way worse at the time if you can stomach it look up bedlam asylum there's a reason that bedlam became slang for like Absolute chaos. That said, Descent was a really good title because Charles Darwin actually, okay, Origin of the Species. Yes, he was just talking about stuff and he just kind of hinted at his thoughts on human evolution in it. But in the 1870s, he wrote a book called uh, The Descent of Man, which actually expounded on his, you know, that he'd spent the last however many years thinking about all this. And he wrote that. So that actually made me laugh. And uh, with regards to the child friendly Jack the Ripper, there was at at first I was like, oh, this is just going to make me mad, isn't it? But when we see Jack at the end and he has like a package, I actually got kind of excited because the last murder of Mary Kelly or the last confirmed murder, Mary Kelly actually had organs missing.
1: So, basically, the package could have been her organs. Mm-hmm. So, oh, very gruesome, especially for a kid's show.
3: Incredibly. Yeah. This episode, I mean, when, when Sinister was an actual threat, and he was going after Jean Grey, and then we learned he's related to Lord Grey, I thought that was interesting. But, all of a sudden, we're just doing this Well, it's not even a flashback. It's just all of a sudden, here we are, 1888 London. And then in this past episode, we have a flashback within, I think, what was meant to be a flashback. Like, here's the origin, you know, something. It's just from left field. And then the next one being about the government and there's Genosha. And I know we had the secret government thing with, you know, Guthrie before. Is that, is Gyrick's action connected to that? We don't know, but then we got this weird origin of Mr. Sinister in the middle when we don't really have Mr. Sinister at all really in this season, because we had something with Apocalypse, correct? With Cortez.
1: Yeah, that was like the second or third episode.
3: Yeah, like What
2: (laughs) this episode just really seemed like they had a script sitting around and they had to use it and they had to make another episode to fit their episode count. And, Oh, whatever. We already have it. Let's just throw this out and make it happen. Like why you could have just made graduation day. I don't know, actually have a graduation in it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of lost its meaning because the Xavier mansion wasn't really a school in all this right it was just the x-men going out and doing their stuff and graduation day it's like what and nobody actually takes over the team there's no appointed leader and we already know there's a leadership vacuum that different people have tried whether it's psych or if it's storm or whoever and then out of nowhere Psyche and gene are back i can't remember if they were this is bad, but I can't remember if we talked about them in the last month or so, but I don't know where they're kind of back. It's like, OK, I don't uh, get what's going on here other than they wanted to try to bring together as many story elements as they could. So you got the space in there with Leandra for graduation day here. You got the space thing in with Leandra. They've got Magneto in. You've got Genosha in, which has not really been explored too much in this series, but it's there. You even had Mirror Island. You had like they touched on most of the storylines, maybe not all the villains, but most of the storylines and most of the main X-Men characters that brought back Morph. So I can kind of see it. But at the same time, it could have been done better. It was no it was no all good things for Star Trek, the next generation.
0: So the original air date of Descent actually makes a little bit more sense. It was right after Old Soldiers. Which is another flashback episode that said, again, it really both of those really did feel like we have these scripts. Here's some interesting stuff from the comics that we didn't get to. You know, it is what it is, I guess.
1: I don't know when they were told that this was the last season either. Was it after season four and they said, okay, we're going to do one more, but we're only going to do 10 episodes and we're going to limit the budget severely. I know they lost Larry Houston, probably couldn't afford him at that point. So I could see how this whole thing fell apart and it didn't have the massive fandom that it does today. I mean, there's a lot of kids that liked it, but there's a big business around the mutants and X-Men now. And I think the X Men 97 series isn't going to suffer this fate by far because Disney and Marvel Studios know too much about it. But back then, I could just see them. This is how cartoons went. I did not watch Batman the animated series, so I don't know how that ended. I'm assuming that ended better than this.
0: If memory serves, yes. I didn't get to the last season on my last attempt at a rewatch. So
1: I guess if you're above some sort of threshold, you get all the money and you're able to bring everything home but they just they weren't here i mean the animation was still crap I, at least we got the good intro
0: okay i found an article actually on uh the production history or the making of x-men the animated series from marvel.com and uh, i'm trying to find the information on the last season but old soldiers was mentioned on this and that's why i went if I find anything about the history of season five and everything, I'll let you know, because now I'm. Yeah, we didn't. We
1: weren't incredibly fond of old soldiers. It, was, it just seemed like a mashup to bring Captain America in, in on the series. At least that was my take on it. Michelle, Chris, if I'm off base, let me know. No, it
2: was
3: Matt.
0: Not enough Nazi punching. <laughs>
1: that too. So, Descent did have the origins of Sinister. So, you had his mutant name because Sinister Experiment. So, that's how he got his name. And they were hinting at, we're going to go back and show you where all these mutants came from. That was kind of their back door that they were trying to do before the series ended. Okay, what are the origins of mutants? I didn't particularly care for that because I know that we've seen so many different types of that right now. But I guess in the 1997 time frame, this would have been okay to know
2: i feel like we've gone this far you don't need it
0: we've gotten all of that retconned yeah Yeah. i will say that one thing that i found really interesting and it shows that like there was actually some thought put into the script if you notice every i guess proto morlock there had a surname that was you know not your standard you know english or something it was you know, Irish and uh, Hispanic and Russian. And those were all considered to be quote unquote lesser at the time and therefore very acceptable targets for all sorts of horrible, horrible things back in the day. So, yeah, it was it was a nice touch. And it was one of those things that was like, okay, there was actually some thought put into this. But again, no budget. Seems like it came out of nowhere. Animation was not great, which again ties back into no budget. It's one of those things that annoys me when you see the bones of what could have been something really good. And for whatever reason, it just didn't get there.
1: The one thing I will say about Descent is if you've never watched an episode of the show and the Descent is the only one you caught, that it would make sense to you somewhat. And graduation day, no. You need to have that background in order for anything in Graduation Day to make sense, which is okay because it's the series finale. But this is the one benefit I see of Descent. Although Descent is not representative of the rest of the series, it's definitely a one off. And if you thought the rest of X Men, the animated series, was going to be like Descent, you would be sadly
3: mistaken. One of the things I liked about Graduation Day is we get. The resolution of the Magneto Xavier bromance because Magneto was given that choice. And Magneto's like, but wait, I'm finally right about humanity and I could go and lead the forces I need to do that. And Scott and everything, they're just like, but isn't he your friend? Isn't he the one that's been by your side? And even he's just like, yes, my greatest enemy, my greatest friends, my biggest love. That mm-hmm. part was left out <laughs> but he goes and he risks himself because, you know, Jean Gray's like, look, when you tie him yourself to him and if it goes wrong, you could like be psychically blasted and killed and everything. And he's still like, let me do this because he's my best love friend, you know. That it's just like it, it reminded me of the Savage Love, Savage Garden, Savage Jungle, <laughs> Savage Land, Savage <laughs> Land. There we go. Savage land.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. They want to stand with them on a mountain. They want to bathe with them in the sea. Yes. I have shipped Xavier and Magneto since before I knew what shipping was. And they're just, I mean, whether platonically, romantically, whatever these are two people who are just they are essentially soulmates and yeah that whole Magneto he's there it's you know he's being proven right and he's at the cusp of leading this mutant revolution but it's like your best friend is dying and you're his only hope and he's like I'll drop everything and go help and I just that was beautiful to me Also, how sad is it that when Gyrick was ranting at the beginning, I'm like, I think I heard that on the news the other day about not mutants. But once again, X-Men is not supposed to be a guidebook, but it's been sadly relevant about like so many marginalized groups. And it did kind of fuel my Magneto was right feels.
1: Michelle, you mentioned the Savage, whatever Savage land, Savage, whatever on our Twitter account this past week, we had a go back and forth between with at Mr. Paracletes. He showed us the image of Savage Avengers number 10. That's coming out. And in the back of the image is a gray Hulk with antimadium spikes and claws coming out. Mm. And he was saying that uh, I have so many questions about that. And it's, interesting because hulk is impenetrable how do you get the animanium into him and somebody on our account said what would happen if the hulk ate wolverine and to respond mr periclete just said uh, just another question what would happen would that infuse animanium into him or not i have no
0: idea so i don't know how that's happening i don't think that's he's not kirby but, like, okay, I'm looking at that cover right now. I mean, I guess they could do, like, Luke Cage and go in through, like, the eyeball or something.
1: Well, even the eye is impenetrable because it's boltproof, right? I don't know. What about his tonsils? <laughs> yeah, got to take out the tonsils. <laughs> anyway, so when you said Savage, that's what I went back to. And, of course, we had the whole Season 2 arc in the Savage Land for X-Men, the animated series. Okay, so we're not really enthralled with these two episodes. It is a farewell. But did you guys have fun in this watch through of
0: X-Men, the animated series?
1: Lauren, what did you think? Did you have fun watching all these
0: episodes again? I, yes. I, again, like I said, I've, I've been a huge X-Men fan since I was a kid. I watched the original run of the show all the way through even season five whenever I do a watch through, I never make it through season five. Like I always kind of stall out around season three, but this, I mean, it took me back to childhood as an adult, as somebody who writes and voice acts. Now it's been really interesting going back and looking at it from those points of views, you know, just kind of, you always see things on a, rewatch that you never saw before and then add like i don't know 20 years to that it's still one of my favorite shows it was an incredibly formative show and i really wish the budget hadn't been cut so much in season five i really really do michelle what'd you think about rewatching it
3: amazing i'm glad we got the chance to do so because i moved around and because of the availability of certain TV channels. I never got to watch it all the way through. I couldn't watch the last two seasons for logistical reasons. So being able to have the opportunity. One of the best parts of having streaming services is like when I was younger in the beginning of the internet, I didn't have access to a lot of media and one of the upsides of having something like Disney Plus is that they can go into the vault and bring us X-Men 92 of course the downside is is that anything new is competing with everything that's ever existed but just able to go and rewatch having it there for other people younger people to discover older people by scrolling by scrolling through disney plus you gotta hunt for it i don't know about you but i first had to hunt for it on disney plus in order to find it but i was so glad that i got to watch it all the way through
0: i don't know if it's because i've been watching that and some other you know older stuff but yesterday on my disney plus it was like something is like classic Marvel animated or something like that. It was, and they had like that and X-Men evolution and Spider-Man. And it's like, yes. And Wolverine
3: and the X-Men. Yes. Once you watch certain things over and over again, it does the algorithm algorithm does make certain things. But when you, you got, when you haven't done that yet, you have to go find it. At least I did. I don't know. What about you, Chris?
2: I'd watch this through once. Like, When I was growing up, I didn't watch it because I was just busy most Saturday mornings playing soccer or something. So in college, we magically got access to it and watched it. And I hadn't seen it since then. And this time, I got to actually sit there, watch it with Kaylee. She watched probably 95% of the episodes with me. And... It not only brought back the nostalgia for that era of cartoons, it brought back the nostalgia of having to wait, because we would consistently wait until Thursday or Friday night to watch them. So it was almost like that was when it was airing, and I knew I had that to look forward to all week. And overall, I'm really glad we did it. I knew this season five was coming, and I still don't regret any second. But I also am weird and like to finish things. I
1: think I'll remember the multi-parters, the good multi-parters, most of all from the series. I'm talking about the Days of Future Past, the Phoenix Saga, the Dark Phoenix Saga. I think those will be kind of my memorable moments from this. And if I had to sift through the bad stuff to get through that, I think it's all been worth it. These are 20-minute episodes, 22-minute episodes. No big deal. It's been fun watching them and talking about it. So that's my take on watching it for the first time. Because literally, I did not watch this completely for the first time until last night. It was the first time I've ever watched all the way through. First time I've ever watched all of it. Like Michelle, I was not in a place where I could see this when I was growing up. And so I just, I never watched it. And people that I talked to were like, it's my favorite thing ever. My favorite cartoons growing up were more like Robotech and Star Blazers, the space based saga stuff. But I would have gotten into this if I would have had access to it in the nineties, but I didn't. So
0: I'm just, I'm really, really glad that I got to talk this with y'all, even if I wasn't here as much as I wanted to be, because like I said, this was an absolutely formative. If you go back and you're like the things that formed Lauren and my ethos and everything like that. It's this and Star Wars. And I'm so, so glad that I got to share this with you all. Not only
1: did we get to watch it, but we got an amazing interview
0: out of it as well.
3: Yes, thank you, Chris. You're
1: welcome. Chris, how did you like talking to
2: him twice? You say that like it's never going to happen again. (laughs) (laughs) It it was fun. You know, they're Eric and Julia are great people, and getting to talk to them about something that they obviously love, and they know that their fans love, and they know how important it is to everybody, that you can just see that love coming from everywhere. And I know they're not directly making 97, but knowing that they have at least a small finger on it makes me think that there's nothing to worry about.
1: Yeah, not only Eric and Julia Wald, but Larry Houston has been involved. A lot of the original production team has been brought in as at least consultants. At least, hey, we're we're not going to push you aside. You know, come on in, see what we've got going on, and uh, maybe let us know what you were thinking back in the day. If you could have done the series in the 1990s the way we can do it today, what would you have done differently? You know, all those conversations. So, yeah. Anything... You guys got left on the table to talk about X Men the 97. We won't talk about it again until, or X Men the animated series 92. We won't talk about it again until 97. Michelle?
3: Again, Lauren touched on it, but rewatching it, it was scary about how many things were relevant to today, not only about the political things, but quarantine and, you know, mass hysteria and people and such and it's still the best adaptation of the phoenix saga than any hollywood movie has done like there it is today no live yeah to date yeah no live or animated has done the phoenix saga that way
0: there have been two attempts and both failed no this is this is still just the absolute king
1: and talking about real life thing, we even had that in the finale episode with the mutant containment building. You know, they were trying to build up the, the confrontation, all the confrontations that the mutants were having with normal society. And normal's not a good word to use there. Uh, not even mainstream. How with <laughs> with non-mutant society, with muggles, uh, I don't know. baseline
0: baseline, I think is baseline is, I think, what gets used. OK, that's not derogatory. Or homo sapiens and homo superior. Uh, OK, well, there you go.
2: Anyway, yeah, they had that in there. So anyway, Chris, I can't believe it took me five seasons to figure this out. But did you catch that little knowledge drop in graduation day? Professor X is a mutant. (laughs) (gasps) He looks just like us. (laughs) He's only been hanging out with the mutants the entire time, running the school that they're in, doing everything, (laughs) like speaking for their rights and stuff. I can't believe I never thought he was a mutant.
0: Yeah. If you take away one thing from the series, let it be to empathize and stick up for marginalized people.
1: Well pointed out. I think we're just going to end it there. So next time we're going to be talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I know for a fact, Lauren has seen it already. Michelle, have you seen it already? No. No. No, and no, I haven't seen it already. And I'm guessing Chris has not seen it already. So we're looking forward to see that this week and then talk about it next weekend on the show and talk about the kickoff for the MCU phase five. Meantime, we got some fun news to go talk about, and that's what we're going to do right now.
3: Well, we have a new Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer. This trailer is more emotional than the others. An official trailer for the third Guardians of the Galaxy film was released during Super Bowl... 52. 52. Oh my goodness. I blanked on my Roman numerals on February 12th and featured new footage of the team as they prepare for, quote unquote, one last ride. What will be their final entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? The trailer shows Will Poulter's Adam Warlock, Rocket Raccoon's origin story, including his girlfriend Lila, Zoe Saldana's Gamora, and more. Written and directed by James Gunn, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will be the last appearance from this group of Guardians in the MCU.
1: I just want to say, that's my fault, that's my bad, it's Super Bowl 57, it is not Michelle's, I read the numerals wrong just like Michelle was about to. So it's fifty-seven, not fifty-two.
0: Okay. Glad. So it was kind of funny. Right before the Super Bowl, at our little get together, me, my spouse, my best friend, we had Voyage of the Dawn Treader on, which is Will Poulter's one of his like earliest roles, if not his earliest role, I'd have to check IMDB. But you have, you know, this little obnoxious kid. And then, like, I don't know, 20 minutes later, whenever it was that that the the teaser for the trailer, really, because the actual trailer is like two minutes long when it came out, it's like, man, he went from being used to scrub to Adam Warlock. I mean, that is a glow up. So the season
1: three of Ted Lasso is coming out on March 15th. And the girls were watching the rewatching season one, season two of Ted Lasso. And then like in the middle of season two, one of them said, wait a minute, that's Hercules. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's Hercules. You're just figuring out that now. Yeah, I didn't know that. So, yeah. So you get to see this cross between other amazing IPs and the Marvel cinematic universe, including little podunk kids that turn up to be,
2: stalking people
0: yeah kids who before this the things the two things that i really knew him from other than voyage of the dawn treader were um that we're the millers mostly that gift the you guys got paid that one and midsummer which is one of my favorite movies and he has a very ignoble end in that one so it's been it's been cool watching his career and then of course we get baby rocket which makes me just oh and lila i'm so i'm so excited for for lila just yes also more nebula and mantis so i'm here for my girls the interaction between the two is
1: chris pratt was uh discovering what striking eyes nebula had it's kind (laughs) of fun. I'm really looking forward to this because I've really enjoyed the Guardians of the Galaxy on screen. I know we've had some problems with Star-Lord's portrayal in the last couple of things because, he, you know, he's lost his love and, and everything, and, and we think that's been affecting how he's been portrayed on screen. I'm going to be sad to see him go. We know this is not going to end happy. We know this is their last ride. They're They're not coming back. Maybe one or two will come back, but we don't know who's going to make it through. So it'll be fun watching it. But I'm, I'm not really psyched about the end. As long as they stick the landing, it'll be a good conclusion, but we, we already know it's not going to end Happy. They're all not making
2: it out of it. Well, I do have a new friend who's very happy to see it.
3: You'll oh? never guess who it is. Spider-Gwen? Spider-Gwen.
2: No. Groot. Ah, Groot! Oh, baby Groot.
1: Groot. Is that Baby Groot or
0: Teenage Groot? No, this is Baby Groot. Yeah. Baby Groot. So, I watch wrestling. What a surprise. And when I was watching AEW Rampage yesterday, there was somebody with a sign in the audience. First off, on one side, it said Netflix by the Snyderverse, something like that. And then on the other side of the sign, when he held it up, it said James Gunn sucks. And I'm like, he does not. You have bad opinions. I'm actually looking forward to the DC
1: universe as James Gunn takes over it because the dude can tell a story. I
0: need to finish watching Peacemaker. Speaking of wrestlers. Yeah, I've
1: never started that. But if James Gunn can tell a good story in the DC universe, I'm all in. I'm out until I see the first thing that James Gunn has had uh, hand in beyond Suicide Squad. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. We'll see what happens. Bring in Jess. We're going to move on to the next news story, and it is about the Marvels. It was originally supposed to premiere on like July, and I know there was some social media backlash, that there was not any trailers or any mention of it at all at the Super Bowl because everybody was expecting it, especially with the July release. Well, there might be a little reason for that because it has been delayed from July to November. So... It was announced alongside a brand new teaser poster, which is amazing, by the way, with Photon and Ms. Marvel. And the Marvels is now scheduled to open in theaters on November 10th. This is the fifth release date for the Marvels now. It was originally scheduled to open back in July 2022. However, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the film was delayed to November of 2022, then February 2023. Marvel Studios had previously had the film set to open on July 28th. There was no reason given by Marvel Studios for the film's delay. However, a recent report has claimed that Marvel is looking at having more breathing room between MCU projects to prevent audience fatigue, as well as to allow the creative teams more time in post-production. The report mentions that Disney Plus series Echo and Ironheart are no longer guaranteed to debut in 2023 because of these changes, and that the development on other projects, like the rumored Nova series, will slow down. However, the insiders did not mention if the MCU films would be affected by this decision, so it is impossible to say if this is the reason for the Marvel's delay until Marvel Studios confirms the report, which it has yet to do at its time of the writing of the article, which was on CBR.com that we pulled this from. Guys, I'm not surprised about this. We knew things were going to start slowing down. I think we all really started to lament things after the She Hulk finale. I mean, the way that that ended, She Hulk in itself was fun, but the way it ended was just terrible. So I think we've been seeing a slow decline in the quality of the projects as things have progressed on. The pandemic might have had a, a, an issue to it, but I think at the rate that they were trying to churn up product, and I think this is just my opinion, in order to drive subscriptions to Disney Plus, it has been detrimental to the quality of the project. So I'm glad that they're slowing things down. I think having better quality projects will keep people in Disney plus more rather than like Netflix where people are like, well, why am I in Netflix right now? I'm just going to get rid of it because there's nothing there that I'm watching. If you have constant hits on Disney plus, like we'll just go to HBO. A lot of people are watching the last of us right now. I haven't seen an episode yet, but a lot of people are talking about that or over on Amazon Prime with the uh, Lord of the Rings prequel or you know those big budget big effects big storyline stuff you look at Disney Plus and you really don't see that you don't see a foundation like over on Apple TV Plus that's over here on Disney Plus so i just hope that taking more time gives us more of those epic series
0: Anybody who plays a lot of AAA video games knows that crunch is bad. Time crunch leads to incomplete projects being released and having to scrap ideas and just all sorts of things. My philosophy with movies is the same as with games. Give it as much time as it needs, release a good product, and just... Yeah, I understand that there's all these business decisions and stuff, but from a creative and on audience standpoint, give things time to breathe, give things the time they need to actually be finished, and pay your people. I don't know.
2: There's a reason why you don't get innovations in Madden every year, and it's because they're trying to pop it out so quickly.
3: There's that saying... You know, producers, studios want things fast, cheap, and good, but you really can't get all three. You either get fast and cheap, fast and good, cheap and good. All three really just can't happen. Just let things be done. Like Lauren said, I'm tired of games coming out. And oh, by the way, here's a patch a month later that is the rest of the game. It's just, you could have waited a couple more months to give us the actual game. So if they keep pumping out just semi-okay stuff, people are just going to eventually not want to see anything Marvel.
1: There is a way that you can sequentially release content that makes sense. And I don't think anybody's ever done it correctly, but there is a way. I'll give you the example. I podcasted on a sci-fi series called Defiance. It had an associated game with it. The series was pretty good. It was sci-fi pretty good. It wasn't water cooler good. I mean, you might argue that it might have been had it had more pull or more advertisement or NBC Universal knew what they were doing about it, but it had this game with it. And what they did is they sequentially released content as it was changing in the show. There were a couple of instances with stuff from the game also make it into the show. So if you can do that well, I could see sequentially releasing game content as you go on. But nobody's done that correctly. Nobody's done a game and a TV series that are working in parallel and you're intertwining the story well. They did it on Defiance. I'll say they did it successfully did it, but they didn't do it well. And you can do it well. I mean, the game wasn't all that great to begin with, but they could have meshed. Mesh, they did mesh it. Well, it's just the gameplay wasn't great. And the series wasn't water cooler style. If you could get something that was bang out, like Marvel does video games and they do series, you could do something epic, even in the films back and forth between video games and intertwine that story. I think that's a missing market. I know they try to do it, but it's two separate entities. If they could bring it together, then it'd be better. That's just my opinion.
2: But you hit the key there. You got to have a good game. It's like a good base game there. And we give games crap a lot for having those day one patches. Once the movie comes out, it's out.
0: Unless it's cats where it had like the week one patch to remove the human hands. All
1: right. Hey, Lauren, what else we got going on in in the MCU?
0: All right. So we have an article that is mostly about how Kang became Marvel's next supervillain and why Phase 4 sets it all up. So this was an interview with Stephen Broussard, who is a producer on a lot of more recent stuff on Gizmodo.com. And then while speaking to io9, Broussard said that he thought of One of Phase 4's meta-narratives centered on new characters and mantles being taken up by the latest heroes. If you look at like Cassie Lang in Quantumania getting a suit and Kate Bishop in Hawkeye, new characters being introduced like Jack and Werewolf by Night. After these first 10 years of Marvel storytelling, torches are being passed, like with Robert Downey Jr. no longer being on the table and stuff like that. So it was kind of a new generation stepping to the forefront, which again has always happened in the comics. We'll talk about it more when we talk Quantumania, but I'm very excited for Kang. Uh, he's always been, you know, there in the comics. When I start I got back into reading comics, Young Avengers was one of the first things that I I picked up that wasn't Ultimate Marvel. And Kang is a big part of their origin story. So I'm I'm very, very excited. And Jonathan Majors is amazing.
1: Yeah, we'll have to talk and after next week about possibilities with Jonathan returning to Loki Season 2 or not. I know there's been some articles on that, but uh, <laughs> until we see Ant-Man, I don't want to speculate on, on that whole thing.
0: All I'm going to say is, again, stay for the shawarma.
2: Alright. Chris, what else we got? We also had the release of another cartoon. Maybe, Maybe it's something we'll talk about here we still have to talk about that but moon girl and devil dinosaur has released its first episode online for free you can catch it on youtube if you're not on disney plus so you can see if it's something that you like the premiere is titled moon girl landing it was released on youtube the same day it was aired on disney plus or on the disney channel i haven't seen it yet but one of my friends who is also basically me says that it is one of the best things he said I don't- seen in a long time this show is following lunella lafayette a 13 year old super genius who is living in manhattan whose portal experiment accidentally summons a cherry red tyrannosaurus rex encouraged by her new friend and manager casey lunella dons a costume and an arsenal of homemade gadgets to protect the lower east side alongside the beast as the duo moon girl and devil dinosaur however when the two come across a genuine supervillain in the form of the electricity powered aftershock Lunella fears she may not actually have what it takes to be a hero. So we're going to have another one of those heroes discovering who they are, discovering that they're good enough stories, which I'm all for, because I always know people, mostly me, who needs to hear that. And the animation style here, again, I've just seen stills, but my friend, I know Michelle was talking about it with us beforehand. This is going to be something different, and I am all for that. And I watch a lot of anime, so I'm not worried about weird animation styles.
0: It has an amazing cast, like Lawrence Fishburne, who was also kind of responsible for bringing it to the screen. You have Alfre Woodard showing up again. You have India Moore, Asia Kate Dillon, Alison Brie. Gary Anthony Williams, Sashir Zamata. It's just, it's a fantastic cast and I'm very excited. And once I'm done editing this chapter that I'm working on for my current project, I'm going to be watching the first episode. Yeah. I'm looking forward to
1: seeing the first episode, see if I like it or not. We'll just see how that goes. And not everything is going to apply to everybody in the, Marvel Studios portion of Disney Plus, but I think a large majority will, and I'm willing to try out anything, so we'll see how this goes. The storyline itself looks pretty cool, so interested in that. All right, that brings us to the end of today's news. Chris, what do we got today?
2: I think we just need to get ourselves around the table and try to figure out how we're going to save our friend from space diseases
1: space diseases are the worst just about every star trek episode out there is some sort of space disease to avoid
2: sometimes they're about captain kurt kissing
0: not as often as you would think really though and getting a disease from it Space STDs, <laughs> yes,
3: yeah, space transmitted diseases instead there of sexual. There you go. There you go.
0: Yeah. yeah uh huh. Uh huh.
3: I just liked how they were. I know we didn't talk about it, but Beast was like, "I can't cure him. We must call the Shi'ar." Anyone got leandra's number? Do you have her number? No. Do you have her number? It's like Storm not leaving her number to the Warlocks. It's like you know, it's important to give your phone
0: numbers to people. Communication is important.
3: It's actually
1: one of the first things that I do when I get on a podcast with other people for any length of time I'm like, "Okay, what's your phone number?" because I know I'm going to have to contact you at some time about something. And I just had to do that because I temporarily joined the cast over there or the crew over there on the Strange New Worlds fan cast talking about Card season 3. And I'm doing it as a favor and it's been fun. Sort of, kind of. I've expected way too much from it. But once I dialed my expectations back, it's been fun. And two episodes are out. I think another eight. It's got all the original series cast in it from the next generation. So really looking forward to the end of that. But anyway, phone numbers. It's very key. It's like even at work, like you go in into a new office and you know at some point in time you're going to need to contact somebody at night about like the next day. Like you're feeling sick and you have to call in or whatever. You need to have their phone number to at least text them, right? So, yeah, Leandra, you need to get on that. All right. It's been fun. It's been amazing. And I can't wait to get on to the Ant Man. And then later on this year, hopefully, X Men 97. If you are listening to this and you have had our coverage of X Men 92 the entire last year, let us know how you liked it. Let us know how you like the series. We'd really like to hear. From you.
0: So, thank you to everybody who listens. Thank you to everybody who's come along with us on this X Men the Animated Series journey. Like I said, it is a very important show to me. I'm so glad to have you all along. You can find everywhere that I'm at professionally at my website, lwsalinas.com. I particularly encourage you to check me out on Audible. I have a bunch of audiobooks there. And You can find me yelling about wrestling mostly on Twitter at Sithwitch, S-I-T-H-W-I-T-C-H.
3: We always appreciate that you take time out of your busy day to listen to us. We all know how much content is out there and the fact that you pick us, you know, warms our hearts. You can find me on Twitter at show underscore game, but I'm still a bit hibernating right about now because of life stuff. And I, of course, want to thank My co host, and I really want to thank Chris for taking the idea of doing the previously on that was done in the earlier seasons of X Men. They stopped doing it, but the fact that Chris, you kept putting in all that extra time to entertain us for that 90 seconds consistently. Thank you very much.
2: And I'd like to thank all of you for letting me do that because they were a lot of fun to put together and eventually. I've already gotten the files from SP, but they will all be online by themselves. You'll just have to go to my YouTube channel to see it because I have access to that one. But if you want to hear other things from me, you can head on over to Play Comics, where I know for a fact, because it is already done and queued up, the next episode to come out is looking at North and South for the regular Nintendo, which surprisingly is about a comic. Wow.
1: Interesting. I will say if you have anything that you want to talk about to any of us, you can find us on our discord server. That's gonna geek.com slash discord. You can find us there. And if you happen to be a podcaster, you might want to check out my show, which I have brought back after a few weeks off. It's called better podcasting chats with SP. It's with other hobby podcasters. Chris has been on it and it's been fun so far. Just this last week. I interviewed Alexander Dahl from the Manifest Brutality podcast, and he interviews underground musicians. And he was talking all about all of the things behind the scenes when you're you're scheduling musicians, as well as basically resiliency when it comes to podcasting. So you can check that out over at BetterPodcasting.com. Well, until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Fumbles.
3: I'm agent dribbles
2: and I'm agent Chris for now.
1: Still looking for a nickname for you, Chris <laughs> agent time loops. How about agent previously on that works for me. All right. See everybody next time. Bye. Bye.
3: Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gun and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin MacLeod found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of Shield, or Gunna Geek. Agents of Shield is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended.
3: I had jelly cheese fries for breakfast. (laughs) Anything's breakfast if you want it to be. I know, that's what I say, but Kaylee says
2: dinner food is not for breakfast.
0: Dinner food is totally for breakfast. Yeah, I just
2: told her she's wrong.
0: And breakfast it, food's for dinner. I mean, food yeah. is an anytime food.
2: Yeah, she can go breakfast food
3: anytime. Me too. When I see people's like, what's your favorite food? I'm just like, breakfast.
0: Mm-hmm. God, I, I miss mean, Kirby Lane and Austin so much. They delivered and we could have, I could have their delicious pancakes and eggs and bacon like any time of day. What's what house was for.
3: Yeah. Have you ever watched anything from South Korea and what they (sighs) eat for breakfast? I mean, I've seen, I saw someone eat cereal and pork belly and rice
0: and stuff for breakfast. And it's like, I was thinking the other day, it's like, how weird is it that like breakfast, it feels weird to me to eat certain foods at breakfast when it's just the only reason it's weird to me is because I haven't done it before. Yeah,
2: I mean, I'm not going to cook myself a steak for breakfast, but if it's already there, I'll eat it.
0: I know steak is a breakfast food in some places. Yeah, we have steak and eggs. Yeah. Yeah, but somebody else
2: has to make it. I'm not going to. Good point. Oh. Are your soundboard buttons behaving nicely now?
1: Uh, the soundboard buttons are, but I don't have that uh, plugged in. Although...
3: Cool podcast host. Walk away from explosions. <laughs> yes, I work at education. I'm trained to crush people's dreams. Don't worry, baby. I'll be back. I want Colson to die. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Michelle doesn't oh. even know what I pulled out for this one. Oh, oh my boy.
3: God. Danny, 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 Danny. it's okay do it (laughs) who knew how soundbite worthy i was i had no clue
0: michelle is eminently quotable
3: oh tilda 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 tilda
0: (laughs) tilda sexy 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 (laughs) hey baby want to kill all humans (laughs) higher further faster more
1: my personal favorite
0: human spit is not one of the weirder things that's ever been put in food it's still true i don't have kids and i'm a nerd (laughs) 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 What in the world was that? It was from a podcast, that, uh, a, um, an audio drama that I did, like, years ago. <laughs> a little bit of genocide, it's fine. Yeah, a little bit of genocide, it's okay. Cameron. On. Yeah, and they didn't talk in the book either, eight-year-old me. STFU. You just said that to an eight-year-old. Yeah, but it's me, so it's fine. I feel like my audio has gotten better. Yeah, <laughs> it has. It's all about the boobs. Oh, haha. ha. Yeah, they
1: seem to be working fine. You asked.
2: I did. I'm going to be really disappointed if you don't add another one. I already have the one that I'm thinking of separated out all by itself.
3: I really haven't talked about it, but for like the past three months, I've been in constant pain because of my... My tooth oh. and Wednesday, I finally so will finally get uh, what's needed to be done. It they weren't sure what was wrong because I have a growth, but like I went to the oral surgeon last week because the endodontist of was like, It could, you know, I found this growth thing, so I'm gonna send you to an oral surgeon because I don't know what that is. And the oral surgeon was able to take a better x ray, and it seems like. He's like 85, he's like 80% sure that the mass that um, was there is an extra tooth that's being oh. dissolved and reabsorbed. Which, when he Oof. said extra tooth, it didn't surprise me because when I was younger, I actually, you know, I was chewing on a piece of candy and one of these teeth came out. And then, you know, my mom freaked out. I was like, that was your adult tooth. You don't have another. And then another one grew in, <laughs> um, which freaked everybody out. And it grew in perfectly. It didn't grow in weird or anything, it grew in perfectly. Wow. Um, so that Are freaked you out shark? everybody. Yeah. So yeah. So when when he was like, "Oh, it's an extra tooth," I'm just like, "Oh, yeah, it makes sense."
2: Legends of Shield is copyright 2013 through 2023.